It's time for JT the Brick. Hi. I don't like to go to Kansas City a lot. I'm not saying it's a great atmosphere. I've been there, done that. This week is all about the Chiefs, and we know it's the toughest game on the schedule, JT. Every year, if you've been listening to me for 20 minutes or over 20 years, you know I freak out about misdirection. Misdirection is the word I use during the Kansas City week because that's what Kansas City does because it works against this organization up until now. Run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. JT the Brick. You play the game like you're trying to win. Within the first five to ten plays of the game, the other team's quarterback must go down, and he must go down hard. Act like a fan, but come in sharp and smart and put together the game plan here over the next couple of days and give me your impression on how the Raiders win this game. And now, here's JT the Brick. Welcome back, hour number two. We're live from the Hill at the Shriners Children's Open. Thanks again to Parker, who just joined us, the 13-year-old young man lost his right leg in a car accident and dreams of aspiring to play in the NBA. And he's the starting defensive end on his middle school team. Very inspiring kid. And we'll tweet out a photo of him as we're back. Hour number two with Patrick Lindsay again, the tournament director, who's kind enough to bring us out here. Good to see you, my friend. How Thank are you? you? Thank you. I'm doing great. I think we're playing golf right now. I, th- I think I got my leaderboard up. This so. is an impressive leaderboard because yeah. every year since we've been out here, the field gets stronger and better. Tell yeah. us about that. Yeah, it's just been kind of been a, an evolution in this plan that we've had over the last, this is my eighth year now. So just kind of been this plan that we've identified in order for this community to come out in, in droves and really support us. We got some, some, great, uh, some great guys out here today um, that we really need to start with the player. We wanted to make sure that the player was the, the PJ Tour player was, was coming out. We would get some of that A-plus talent mm-hmm. and um, make the competition as good and drama-filled and competitive as possible. What I love about it, and the weather's normally great, right? It looks like yeah. a postcard today. I checked yes. in with my dad in Long Island, New York. Remnants of the hurricane went <laughs> north, correct. and they're turning on and seeing this. And it's just incredible. And the golf course, it's just fantastic. Yep. It's in great shape. So what do the tour players say when they come here and they play this course? Well, they, they definitely love it this year because in April of this year, um, April, it was around mid-April, so around April 15th, they took uh, – two inches off of all of the greens and took away all of the fairways and put all brand new product in so uh, that they have been testing over the last few years to make sure it was the right grass, the right product for this golf course. And um, yeah, the guys, there was no golf played on it from April until Monday of tournament week. And I think Harry Hall is the first guy who teed off on on number one and Maverick McNeely teed off on number 10 and those were the first two shots that have been hit since April 15th. Patrick Lindsay is our guest tournament director that's amazing because I live about five miles away from here whenever I play it I think it's perfect wow to get it ready and that's really what golfers expect and the PGA Tour Mm -hmm. expects at the highest level that you go all in with the conditions of this golf tournament and we'll get you the best players. That's right and you know they put out a report prior prior to the the guys getting here a glowing report of how great the golf course is and and that's helped our play recruiting as well they know that especially now with the new the new fairways and the new greens that the product out on the golf course that they play on well their playing surface is going to be nothing but but great you know this is a pga tour owned and operated facility so the pga tour takes a lot of ownership and making sure that this golf course is perfect for their players Patrick, tell us about this relationship with Shriners. A hundred years when we talk about the history of Shriners and their connection with the PGA Tour and right. why it works so well out here in Summerlin. 
Yeah, it's it's really been awesome. This is the, the 15th year, it's the 100th year of, of the of, of the hospital system providing, you know, specialty medical care, medical care regardless of the family's ability to pay. But the reason why we do this outside of just hosting a great event, we, and we love getting the kids out here, but it's the broadcast arm of the PGA Tour. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, we are now able to share our, our patient stories and to talk about the charity across 220 different countries and territories. And that's really the reason why we do this, because we want to spread to as many people as possible how great of an organization this is and the, and the medical care that uh, can be given to all the families. Patrick Lindsay is our guest, the tour director here, tournament director for the Shiners uh, Children's Open. We just had Parker on, and I can't imagine. I just met his mom and had a private moment with her, and she's so upbeat. Yeah. So this is a tragic accident. He grabs the wheel of a car accident, ends up losing his leg. His mom survives. They're here, and then Shriners just steps in, and what do they do? What do they do from the beginning of the accident to get him a prosthetic leg and then to encourage him to go out and still be a competitive athlete? Hey, well, the, the great thing about it is that they do it a lot through sports. Yeah, you know. Do. Shriners is not the, the the Shriners Children's Open and the PGA Tour is not the only event that they sponsor. They sponsor college college basketball and college baseball, and they have the East West Shrine Bowl that's here at Allegiant Stadium in February. But they use sports to help inspire these kids too. And you know Parker's story is so incredible. If anyone is interested, ShrinersChildrensOpen.com. His story and a video about Parker is on our website. It is truly an inspiring story. And you guys can while you're while you're on that website, you can buy a ticket and completely support Shriners Children's and and uh, you know help provide those prosthetic you know limbs for for all patients, not just Parker. Yeah. So I think what's key to this also, Patrick, is the amount of money that the Shriners have been collecting in donations mm-hmm. for 100 years. I mean, yeah. it's a really easy charitable endeavor to make a donation to. I see over here to my right, we have an authentic Kobe Bryant jersey, Michael Jordan, Bill Russell, Larry Bird. I mean, this is the A-list of auction memorabilia items that all go to the Shriners. That's that's correct, yeah. Uh, I've got my eye on that Larry Bird one, too. Yeah, there's yeah. A, there's a I got my eye on the Bill Russell one. <laughs> I want to know what the Bill Russell one cost after that legend just passed away. That's Cor- pretty special. Correct. they got some Masters memorabilia as well, but, you know, it's a, it's a great, great group of people that come in and help us put that on, and, yeah, the money goes back to Shriners, too, so it's cool. As we wrap this up, a really interesting year on tour. Yep. You know, there's Liv that's out there. There's yep. the PGA Tour. You're a tournament director here. Walk me through outside this tournament what's happening in golf going forward. We just had the President's Cup. The country gets fired up for the Ryder Cup. Yep. And there's a couple of golfers that jump ship to live, and there's a couple of golfers, several golfers that are loyal to the PGA Tour and very vocal about what's going to happen with the Tour going forward. Yeah, you know, it's it's been a, an odd year, yeah. probably, to, to say the least. A, a lot of uh, unrest. There are times that I... You know, I wasn't real sure what was going on, and you know, mm-hmm. just like just the the regular you know spectator or possibly even player, um, I I think when Jay Monahan recently had a press conference at the Tour Championship about a month and a half ago, he he did lay out a really good plan to make sure that the PGA Tour is put in its you know cut, putting its best foot forward and is going to be you know set up for success uh, moving forward. I'm disappointed in some of the guys that left. We obviously have two previous champions and Bryson DeChambeau and Kevin Na that uh, had jumped over there. Mm-hmm. Disappointed in that. It's their decision ultimately. Yeah. But you know what? We have 144 of the best PGA Tour players that are playing 
this week, and we have Patrick Cantlay, who is number what a four, four in the world, won the FedEx Cup playoffs two years ago. Sung JM, our previous champion, finished second last year. We have incredible golfers out here, and we're growing talent as well through uh, some of our developmental tours too. So, um, you know, the future is bright. You know, the tour has been challenged, but typically when products are challenged, we just get better, and that's what we expect. Let's take a look at the leaderboard one more time yeah, as we're talking to Patrick Lindsay, the tour director here at the Shriners Children's Open. This is pretty impressive. You know guys are going to go low mm -hmm. on a Thursday. We know that. But will they continue to go low? Tell me who's on the top of this leaderboard and what jumps out at you. Yeah, Tom Hoagie at 8 under. That's a pretty incredible yeah, score. Yeah, that's an amazing score. Love Maverick McNeely, who uh, is a, uh, lives in Las Vegas right now, went to Stanford. Uh, he tied Tiger Woods, uh, Tiger Woods for most collegiate wins, uh, and he's at seven under right now. So he's a really, really good guy to watch. This Thomas Dietrich kid, mm -hmm. he top ten last week. Just as a graduate out of uh, the Corn Ferry Tour, uh, keep your eyes on him. And we got obviously Jason Day in the top ten as well. So uh, kind of liking what we are seeing here. I know Max Homo was up yeah. there. He finished at four under, so it's it's good to see his name up there as well. I'd love to see Jason Day on Sunday oh, yeah. on the leaderboard. He is Same. a great guy. He understands what the Shriners Children's <clears throat> Open's all about, and it seems like he's been pretty close mm -hmm. in some big tournaments. And mm -hmm. what does a victory mean here for a golfer that's looking for their first win or looking to stack wins and what you expect this tournament to look like in the next couple of years? Well, when it comes to what is a win for a PGA Tour player, uh, mean at this event well it means a two-year exemption yes, on the pga tour absolutely which, which now with some of the the format changes that's huge right you win this event or you win in any pga tour event you get a two-year extension on your exemption already so you know you're basically set up for the next couple of years you also get a 1.4 million dollar you know payout for winning first it's you know 1.4 1.4 million dollars wow. uh to win first place we are uh, $8 million total purse. So you're still going to walk away with a with a pretty nice check. And then if you weren't already in the Masters, this a win here will get you into the Masters in April. I'm looking out one of these entrance exits, and it really looks like we're looking at a TV screen <laughs> of the mountains and everything that's here. For those who aren't here, one more time, how do they get tickets? How can they come out here for Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and especially Sunday? For sure. ShrinersChildrensOpen.com. Our tickets are starting at $35. That ticket, general admission ticket, gets you into the hill. It gets you into the point, which is a structure just off the 17th hole, the Live Lucky Lounge on the 15th green, and the Lee Shank Shack off the 16th green. Plenty of shaded areas yes. as well, and it's going to our temperatures are a little high, but plenty of shaded areas for people to enjoy when they come out. And again, every dollar goes back to Shriners. And last but not least, kids 18 years and younger get in for free with a ticketed adult. Oh, that's so, so good. Come on out, please. Thank you for having me again. Appreciate Thanks. it, Patrick. Really appreciate it. You got it, Patrick Lindsay. Appreciate him coming on. The tour director here for the Shriners Children's Open, and you see that leaderboard, and it is fantastic. I got an opportunity to meet Parker. We'll tweet out a picture with him. Vince Sapienza is going to join us in a little bit from Fox 5. I think he's also out here. We're going to talk to him as the Raiders are taking out Kansas City. Did I say taking out? I meant to say taking on. I said taking out. I think that would work here on Raider Nation Radio. So more of your phone calls when we come back. I have a guest at the bottom of the hour and a guest at 145. Bobby says we have fish in Berkeley. If he's still there, I'll take him there. Fish, thanks for waiting. Go ahead.
Hey, JT, thank you, man. And the inspirational story about that young man, I appreciate you uh, sharing that you. with us. We all need a little inspiration. And I love, <clears throat> excuse me, the Freudian slip that you just, <laughs> yes, we're taking out the cheese, baby. Oh, man, you, you know what? You're the swami today, JT. I like the Freudian slip. And I just want to reemphasize what I said yesterday about getting creative on defense. Turnovers are the key. I want to see creativity on defense. And you mentioned Raider Mort, and I think that that's superb. Four six one, baby. And my condolences, Clarence Davis, a Raider great. And I just want to give some positive energy to all the Raider Nation and F the Chiefs, baby. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate the call. Thanks for checking in as we continue. Yeah, the news of Clarence Davis when I was in the building today interviewing the head coach. And we found out about that. That'll be at Raiders.com and on all of the Raiders' social media platforms if you want to take a look at his great career. Once a Raider, always a Raider. We continue live from the Shriners Children's Open. Got a couple of more guests coming up. Please make a donation if you can. You should be able to do that pretty easy if you go to the website here. And they do such a great job. It's ShrinersHospitalOpen.com. And I'll tweet out some pictures here from the 18th green, the 17th tee box. It is a glorious day out here. It is a postcard. This is why people live in Las Vegas and live in my side of the town in Summerlin as we are live from the Shriners. Fading, looking, looking, looking. He's under the gun. He's tied. He throws. It is. Oh, he caught it. He caught it. Oh, oh, unbelievable. Unbelievable. Well, that's Clarence Davis, Sea of Hands. How about that call? He passed away. He is a Raider legend. We'd like to hear from you on that. And like to get your opinion on the impact that he had. A lot of tweets coming in at JT the Brick. Off of Raider Nation, 920 AM. This one comes from Raiders 2K. JT, sad to hear the news of the great Clarence Davis passing. I was fortunate enough to meet Clarence once, and I got to shake his hands that made that reception. Infamous sea of hands game. God rest his soul. Once a Raider, always a Raider. Yeah, I mean, one of the legendary plays in the history of the NFL, the sea of hands. And we've talked about that over the years. Just incredible. Welcome back to Raider Nation Radio. We are live from the Shriners Children's Open Tournament, TPC Summerlin. We want to thank our friends at Virgin Hotels Las Vegas for being a proud partner of this event with us as we are out live at the golf course. They have a place called The Hill. And I sent out a video, if you take a look at it, at JT The Brick. And it's just this built-up area that is air-conditioned. And they have fans here and a DJ and couches and memorabilia and several bars, and it's included with admission. A couple of years ago, it wasn't. You had to get a VIP wristband to come up here, and a lot of people couldn't get up here. Now they said, no, everybody can come up here. So the bars are wide open, and I love the fact that we're talking to a gentleman. We just had on the tour director, Patrick Lindsay, who says it's a little bit warm out there. That's why we live here in October. It is hot. You can swim. You can play golf. You can come to an event like this in shorts on and really have an unbelievable weekend. But the weekend is kind of the calm before the storm. And as I've been telling everybody on Raider Nation Radio, it was mostly the storm early when the Raiders went 0-3. They got out of the gate going 0-3, and 
really put him in a pat in a tough spot, and now they got to dig out of it. They dig out of it against Denver. Denver gets a chance to play tonight, but they won't face Jonathan Taylor, which is a big deal. And they have an option. Can you imagine if Denver wins and goes to three and two? Well, you saw the quality of play of Denver and what the Raiders did to Denver, and Denver has a chance tonight to go to three and two. And if the Raiders would have ended up winning that game against Arizona, they'd be two and two. Shoulda, coulda, woulda radio, which I don't do often. And then they'd be playing Kansas City for first place. Whoever won Kansas City Raiders would have the tiebreaker and would technically be in first place. That's not the case here. The Raiders are just going to have to fight for a win and get it there. We played all the sound. I interviewed the coach today. And they have a lot of respect for Kansas City. And everybody's now thinking about running the ball with Josh Jacobs. And Josh ran the ball hard in that last game. But Josh is going to have to play even better in this one. He doesn't need 144 yards and two touchdowns. But he's got to move the chains on third down. And that's really what happens in this scenario with Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes is ready to score at any point in the game. If he's trailing, he can get back into a game quickly. If he gets the lead, he likes to add to the lead. And the Raiders cannot settle for field goals in this game. You know, I'm a big fan of Daniel Carlson. And as I always tell you, he needs 12 points a game for the Raiders to win. He needs three field goals, which is nine. Then he needs three extra points, which is 12. That's what I look at in the beginning of a game like this. I need Carlson to get me 12 points going into Arrowhead. If that can happen, then the Raiders are going to score multiple touchdowns and have an opportunity to win, but we're going to need his field goals to get out of there with a win. It's very important that Carlson has a big game, and Cole is not flashy. He's a Pro Bowl punter, and he kicks the ball out of bounds. Don't give Kansas City an opportunity for a big return. I don't like the way the Raiders special teams is playing so far, and I think in this game they don't want to get cute. They don't need to see an onside kick. I'd like to see those punts go out of bounds, and I'd like to see those kicks go out the back of the end zone. Don't give Kansas City anything extra there. Don't get cute with Kansas City. Play them physical and play them tough. Big Al in San Francisco, always a pleasure. What's happening, Big Al? No, I was just listening in on the show and so forth, and I uh, took a little break from work and was reading a little about some of the games this weekend. You know, this is a game where the Raiders have to kind of hope, um, you know, that the, that all the moons are aligned and everything goes in their favor. This is a tough matchup. They're going into a place where it gets loud. The fans don't like the Raiders. The Raiders don't like the fans. The other, this is a big rivalry. This is arguably, along with maybe the Giants and the Eagles. And the Packers and the and the uh, and and the Bears, the biggest rivalry in professional football, and the Chiefs are a better team. Um, can the Raiders win there? They have in the past, but they got to play the perfect game. And I don't know if they can. I don't know. You have their passing game. You know, they have one very nice receiver. We all know that Waller is you know, a better. He's he's a top tier tight end, but. I don't know where the Raiders are going to get the extra catches from, or where they're going to get the you know the extra you know, the extra points. I haven't seen it. I, I I hope that they do. I'm going to watch the entire game. I'll be wearing my Raider jersey. Hey, but big, see, but know, big Al, happens. but big Al, you said where can the Raiders get those extra catches? How about Darren Waller getting double digits? How about uh, Devontae having 11 receptions for 130 yards and a touchdown or two? I mean, don't they have the assets to go into Arrowhead? Enough offense to catch screen passes, to score, and hopefully Hunter Renfro clears protocol so he can have a good game. I don't know how much we can get out of Hunter, but if he's able to play, Hunter is a critical X factor on third and short to move the chains. Yeah, he, he certainly is. And they need, they're, they're, they're going to need everything to align. This Chiefs defense is a very good defense. 
In the past years, the Chiefs' defense has been mediocre, got better towards the end of the year. Uh, that's not so true. I was looking at some of the stuff, some of the numbers, and some of the you know, just some of the other things I was reading. Um, this defense is pretty good now, and the, you know the Raiders. The Raiders won last week, uh, just really kind of pounding the ball, you know, behind their offensive line. And why were they pounding the ball? Because they don't think that they can pass block very well. So uh, obviously, they got to be able to pound the ball. Jacobs has to have another fantastic game. Yeah, he does. A lot of things have to align, and. Uh, I'm, as you know, I'm not the hugest Darren uh, Darren Waller guy, mm-hmm. um, but we got everything is going to have yep. to work out here, and we'll you know I hope they win. Don't misunderstand me; it's not like I'm rooting for the Chiefs. That that will I got gotcha. you. All right, big Al, got to run, got to guess. Appreciate it there. Yeah, and again, Waller's got to have a big game. Waller just got $50 million. He was just featured on Real Sports HBO for going into the tunnels underground in Vegas and helping out the homeless and the addicts and getting him into recovery. He's a beautiful human being. He's a great guy, better guy than even a football player. And this is a big moment for Darren Waller. He's got to be a guy demanding the double team and making plays with the double team. Larry Lieb is kind enough to join us, the Shriners Children's Open Tournament Chairman. That's a good title to have this weekend. How are you? I'm terrific. Thank you for having me. I can't believe the amount of money that is raised at this event. We were talking about the purse for the winner here at $1.4 million. What goes into putting this tournament together? Well, it's a it's a full effort uh, by, of course, uh, Shriners International and Shriners Hospital for Children and our staff and the Las Vegas community. You know, we're fortunate to have... Patrick Lindsay, who's our uh, executive director here, he's got a wonderful staff that works year-round to put this on. We also have the Las Vegas golf community that's involved, and they've really somewhat taken ownership of it over the years. And, you know, it, it doesn't hurt to have 900 volunteers this week that are helping. Yeah, and if there wasn't a golf tournament here, I know a little bit of the history of the Shriners, if you could tell us about it. How do people start volunteering and getting involved? Because... Once you're a part of this family at Shriners, it feels like it's a life calling. I, I think it is a life calling. I, I, you know, Shriners International is a worldwide fraternity, uh, and we're about fun and fellowship. We're, uh, we're all over the world. Uh, in 1922, a group of guys got together who were all part of the Shrine family and said, you know, there's a polio epidemic going on. We need to do something about that. And one of our missions is community service and uh, we decided to help with the polio epidemic and started the first Shriners Hospital for Children in Shreveport, Illinois. Uh, excuse me, Shreveport, Louisiana. And after that, uh, you know, 100 years later, this is our 100th anniversary, we have 22 hospitals. We've treated 1.5 million kids at no cost to the family. Yeah, I want to stay on that. Larry Lieb is our guest, the Shriners Children's Open Tournament Chairman, to help out that many kids and families. And the key is no cost to the families and the kids. That is essential for this 100-year fraternity sorority that you're talking about to take the grief away from the family as much as you can as they're going through these surgeries and these medical situations and know that money is not going to be an issue. It sure is. You know, if, if there's anyone out there that has a child or knows of a child that has a pediatric orthopedic issue or a burn or we do cleft lip and palate surgery and now we're into sports medicine, uh, please refer them to one of the 22 Shriners Hospitals for children all over. Uh, we have 18 of them are orthopedic and four burn centers. We have um, 20 of them in the United States, one in Montreal, Canada, and one in Mexico City. So if an accident happens and it's a horrific accident, how quickly, once these individuals get to the hospital, these kids get there before Shriners steps in? Like, what is that process like? 
So if if they're referred directly to one of our Shriners hospitals, it's immediate. Okay. Sometimes uh, you'll go to your local emergency room and a physician or a nurse will say, hey, this is probably something that Shriners could handle. Mm -hmm. They'll get involved with, uh, let's say it's an accident like what happened with... uh, Parker. Parker. Uh, Greenville came in and uh, took care of him right away. And and his family... uh, was notified that uh, would be no cost to the family, and that was it. Yeah, I'm seeing him. He's taking a nap right now because uh, he's a, an ambassador here, and you got him work in this room. He's uh, unbelievable a, a kid great, there. Great kid. Great kid. And every year I come here, it's such an honor for me to host this broadcast because I meet young, sp- inspiring young kids, male and female, that go through these horrible accidents, get connected with Shriners, and then they're so positive about their life. It kind of saves their life in the emergency room but then it inspires them to lead and help people along the way. So so we really have two types of children that come to Shriners. One type of child comes with a birth defect, like a brittle bone yep. disease. You've met Alec over the mm-hmm. years. Alec has uh, osteogenesis imperfecta, which he was born with. He's treated in Chicago, and he's broken well over 100 bones, and he's been treated. Now he's grown up. He's now, at, believe it or not, a junior at Northwestern going into communications. Wow. How great is that? Uh, Northwestern Communications. Unbelievable. There's a few celebrities that have gone through that program. Just a couple, yeah. Just a couple, right? And then, of course, Catherine was here yesterday. She's a, also a national patient ambassador. She comes out of the Boston area, and she's actually playing soccer at the varsity level at Northeastern University. So. We, we, we take these kids, and whether or not it's a birth defect or uh, an accident, we treat them all, and, again, it's at no cost to the family. And, and really, this tournament, like our East-West Shrine Bowl in February or uh, the Baseball College Classic, which is a college sure. baseball tournament in uh, March, these types of events are done to raise the awareness of Shriners and Shriners Hospitals in the communities where we are and worldwide. Thanks for doing this, Larry. Have great. a great weekend. Glad man. Thanks to for be coming here. by. Hey, the impact that you're having on these kids and what you're doing in this community, it's an honor for me to sit down and talk to you for a few minutes. Thank you. Uh, you're welcome. I, I'll tell you, just personally, I'm from Detroit, so being a Lions fan, it's always good to come to a community where the Raiders are appreciated. Well, how do the Lions lose that last game? Oh, I mean, what, they put up 45 oh. and they lose? Uh, you know to what? Geno Smith? Are you uh, kidding me? You know what? We, we stress every week. The good thing about the Lions is they're our team. Yeah, that's a good way to describe it. Great to see you, my friend. Great to see you. Thank you, you so much. It. Thank you very much. Have a Larry, great week. You too. Larry Lee joining us. He's the tournament chairman here for the Shriners Children's Open, and we really appreciate him coming on with us. 702-365-9200. Robert in Portland, you're up next. Robert, thanks for calling in and waiting. What's happening? Yeah, I know you're going back there, and you're going to get a taste of the whole usual setting back there, but I, was, I wanted to ask you, is Frank Clark... Um, is he healthy for this one? I didn't hear. What'd you say? I, I got music in the background. Oh, is Frank Clark? He's healthy, isn't he? With Chris Jones, those two animals. Man, uh, guys are, yes. Uh, uh, on I the think, on. Yeah, go ahead. I think Chris Jones and Frank Clark are are pretty pretty special now that they got George Karlaftis. You know, the rookie mm. from Purdue. Yep. That's what's improved their. Um, their, their ability to stop the run. They, 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 so we really got to mix it up and do more play action, as you always said. Car has to move. Otherwise, I think we're going to be too predictable, even though we need to keep the ball. Ball possession is paramount. But I'm worried about those two guys on defense. And I like the guy they picked up at safety, uh, I think from Tampa Bay, uh, Reed. 
Uh, yep. From Houston. Yes, from Houston. Houston. Reed's a hell of a player. We talked about that. Thanks for the call. And Coach McDaniels, who I talked to earlier today, made a very good point about exactly why this team is ranked number one in defense. Teams aren't running often on them because of down and distance and the score, and when they do, they're stout. They're absolutely stout, and they stop you at the line of scrimmage. I think they can run against them. I, I think they're – I don't want to say they're overrated, but Kansas City has never been known for being a great defensive team against the run. The reason why teams run against them if the games are even – look, throw out that game against Indianapolis where they lost, and I think Raider fans – Need to go back to that Indy game. Frank Wright and Indy played a perfect game against Kansas City. They won all three phases of the game. Offense, defense, and most importantly, special teams, which was critical in that game. They dominated and played well. And since then, Kansas City woke up. Mahomes has been the AFC Offensive Player of the Week twice through four games. The question comes down to this. Will Mahomes have a monster game against the Raiders? If he does, the Raiders will not win the game. If he has a pedestrian game for... 300 yards or less, and Carr can keep up with them. I think the Raiders can get this into the fourth quarter and win. Raider Dave, you're up next in Denver. Always good to hear from you, Dave. Hey, buddy. It's a great day when you can be out there like you are doing uh, something yeah. for charity like you are. I mean, these are days to really relish, so congratulations to you and and uh, and the Shriners and Raider Nation Radio for doing that. Sad day for uh, Mr. Charles. I mean, my goodness, the see your hands was so awesome. It was such a great relief to see something like that when you remember back against the immaculate, you know, deception and all that. But, you know, we lost somebody else in broadcasting, a friend of mine in New York named Bernard McGurk. Yes. Somebody who was iconic to the uh, I Miss in the Morning show that I was close with. But, you know, I think that if the Raiders can go spread like you're talking about, there might be one wrinkle that they could put together and uh, have Zamir White be in the backfield come from the backfield and spread out wide and be stacked behind Waller. And that'll add some confusion and stress to who's going to cover who. And maybe those guys can get open on their own or whatever. But I'd really love to see the speed of Zamir White in this game catch some passes and get gone. Thanks, Dave. Always a good call. Always good to hear from you. You know, one of the things that I believe Josh McDaniels brings to this organization, and I've been stressing it since training camp, is the ability to quickly change a game plan. Go from a running game against Denver and then switch to the play playbook that's a passing game. That's what he did last year with Mac Jones in Buffalo in that horrible weather game where they only threw it three times. Remember, they beat the Buffalo Bills in Buffalo by running the ball the entire game, and Buffalo couldn't stop it. That was Josh McDaniels and the genius of that offense to do it. And then they went right back to the passing game the next couple of weeks. That's the strength of McDaniels. Andy Reid is going to give you a great offensive game plan most of the time with Eric Bieniemy because they have Patrick Mahomes. How many times does Kansas City draw up a play with Mahomes, the play breaks down, the defense sniffs it out, and then Mahomes does what? He runs around crazy like Kyler Murray for another six or seven seconds and someone's open. You cannot cover these players for more than five or six seconds. That's why Max Crosby has to get home, and that's why Chandler Jones has to have his best game as a Raider. How has Chandler Jones not had a big game yet? He was given the bag. He's trying to compete for a Hall of Fame spot down the road the way that Richard Seymour, Warren Sapp, other great players came to this organization late in their career. I don't want to say I haven't seen anything from him because we have. Last game, he was very good. He held the edge and did a nice job. Now he has to be great. Chandler Jones, be great in this game because I know Mad Max is coming. He's coming to get you. He's coming to get you. And throw Mahomes down. 
be violent with him. I'm not encouraging injuries. I'm encouraging violence. The way Lyle Alzado, Ben Davidson played in this rivalry, violent. Matt Millen texts me. They play violent. Phil Villapiano, George Atkinson. They didn't play tough football. They played violent football. Where are the violent players on this team other than Mad Max and Perryman? Who are they? Jonathan Abram? Yeah, he's got that ability. We got to see it against Kansas City. This is a make or break game for some of these players wink wink if they want to make the team next year if you can't show up in kansas city and you get duped and you get you're out of position and you bite on that eye candy you will not be back with the raiders next year as a defensive player they got to get better players and this is a test for many of them there you go 10 minutes away from an ice cold Modelo. 15, but vince sapienza will join us next from fox 5 as we're live from the shriners children's open couple of good tweets I sent out there. At JT the Brick. Sent out a photo of our buddy Parker who came up and a lot of good views here. What great views. Incredible. The 17th and the 18th. We're right in between both holes on top of the hill. Brought to you by our great friends who do everything for us. The Botanist Gin. We're here because of the Botanist Gin and Remy Martin at the Shriners Children's Open. Yeah, I mean, that'll be up to Josh if we, you know, he wants to do that, you know, depending on each team and things like that. Um, you know, I thought um, that we did some really nice things. When you do that, you got to run positive plays. And, uh, you know, our guys executed well. Um, if you don't execute, you just, you're just basically giving the ball back faster, you know. And so you have to be able to execute if you want to play that way. And so, um, you know, I, we liked it. Um, I, know, I know he liked it after the game and things like that. But going forward, you know, he'll tell us every week, you know, what the plan is and all that, uh, you know, going forward. So, so we'll see, you know, uh, you know, time will tell, uh, you know, if, he, if that's what he wants to do. Derek Carr on being aggressive in Josh McDaniel's offense. Thanks to all of our guests from the Shriners Children's Open. What a great time it is out here. And I don't need to remind him, Vince Sapienza is part of our insiders network here where we have him every two weeks on a Thursday. And Vince, we got golf in town. Golden Knights are playing in the preseason. There's UNLV hockey. There's Raider football on the road. What else is going on? Well, don't forget LeBron James is bringing the NBA yes. to Vegas. So we got that on tap as well. Never a dull day here in the Valley, JT. Tell me about that. I watched the highlights last night. My wife and I watched the final few minutes of that game and to do a couple of games here. And now LeBron is really being asked about his role in bringing the NBA to Vegas. Well, as we know, you know, LeBron James is one of the most calculated athletes uh, I think we've ever seen. Yeah. So when he says something, it's not just, you know, thrown out of the wall and seeing if it sticks. He talked about it in the summer uh, in June on his YouTube show uh, strategically before Adam Silver was set to meet with the media ahead of the NBA Finals talking about expansion, specifically Las Vegas, just before the NBA Summer League was set to come to town and it was going to be another big party as it always is every year with the NBA when it does come here to Las Vegas and, and you know he doubled down uh, if you will last night he talked about how it's the greatest fan base in the world talking about the city of Las Vegas and he gave like a half little smirk and a little wink off to the side you know it's coming JT I mean it's coming it's a, a player of that stature somebody worth one billion dollars doesn't just you know throw something out like that out there obviously they got to get through the new media rights 
TV deal and such coming up at the end of 2024-25 season, which just so happens to coincide with the end of his contract with the Lakers. Again, not a coincidence. So, uh, you know, I think this is something to get excited about, uh, but I think we're still uh, a couple years away. Vince Sapienza, Fox 5. So before we get to the Raiders, tell me about the Golden Knights in the preseason, the goalie situation, the optimism going forward as VGK has played in a lot of big games here and is still searching for the Cup. Yeah, well, I think they're still in an evaluation process tonight in preseason game six of seven. Uh, Logan Thompson is still the number one in net for the Golden Knights. I don't think that's any question. Now, Aiden Hill did come in and make 50-plus saves on Tuesday, be it it was against the Arizona Coyotes and a roster we won't see, but it's still 50-plus saves, and I don't care what game at what level. That is impressive. So Aiden Hill is the guy who can compete and who can battle, and that's something that's going to need to be had because I don't see this as a true number one situation in terms of the goaltending situation for the Golden Knights. Now it's Logan Thompson's turn in Salt Lake City tonight against the L.A. Kings a team they're going to play to open the season in Los Angeles next Tuesday. And I think Logan Thompson needs to assure the medieval maniacs out there that he is the guy that can take them to the promised land, assuming that this roster can stay healthy and get there. So I think there's optimism in goal. It's still early. It's training camp. But the coaches really like what Logan Thompson has put on tape and practice with. As far as the roster, we've yet to see really this full lineup in terms of what it could look like. I think a lot hinges on Mark Stone. And right there, all systems are a go. His back injury that he had an off-season back surgery seems to be uh, at least as close to 100% as you could hope following a couple months of major surgery. Uh, He said normally after games he would play that his back would be hurting so bad he couldn't move the next day. He said that was not the case when he made his preseason debut last weekend. Uh, They just went out to Montana, just got back, had a nice two-day retreat getaway, a little camaraderie with the boys, and... uh, Got a big win in the preseason uh, on Tuesday. I know that's, <laughs> that, that probably doesn't make too much sense, a big win in the preseason, but I think confidence goes a lot a long way for this group who hasn't played a lot of hockey this summer. And uh, winning's contagious, and I think that that rolls into uh, the Raiders as well. Well, let's wrap it up with the Raiders. Vince Sapienza is our guest and what they need to do. You've been out here in Vegas a while, but the Raiders haven't been, and this is their nemesis, and they need to play close to a perfect game or get a lot of big breaks along the way. They have to contain. They have to be smart on defense and the ability to run it, but throw it if they trail and get back into the game. How do you see it? Well, it's no secret that the Raiders have used the Kansas City Chiefs, especially in recent years, as as the standard, right? They're the team that they've had to – try to figure out to go through and most of the time they've been unsuccessful so I I think this is a game that's easy to get up for you heard Patrick Mahomes talk about it at the end of their win last weekend saying don't forget who's coming to town next week so this is circled on everybody's calendar but I think what you get with the silver and black this week is you get a much more confident group obviously following a win but almost a more relieved group. You could hear by the way they, they were talking during the week especially after the game this past Sunday they just there was a sense of relief getting that first win under their belt, especially for Josh McDaniels, his first one as head coach for the Raiders. So I think that does go a long way. You can play a little bit looser. And when you talk about that aggression we just heard from Derek Carr, I think that that aggressiveness that you all of a sudden play with becomes a little bit more loose in the sense that you're confident in getting it done, knowing that this team can play complementary football, which is what we saw on Sunday and what we saw in bits and pieces through the first month of the NFL regular season. So I think uh, it, it, the, the tension, the intensity is going to be 
uh, at an all-time high at Arrowhead on Monday night. It's going to be an exciting game. Um, and, and I really think a lot of the people that are you know, saying this is Kansas City in a landslide, I, I really think the Raiders are, are coming in very confident in what they can do and confident that they can beat the Kansas City Chiefs. Thank you, Vince. With LeBron in town, the Lakers in town, the TPC here at, in Summerlin for the Shriners, the Raiders on Monday Night Football. You cover sports as good as anybody in town on Fox 5 Vegas. I'll see you soon, my friend. Thanks a lot. Appreciate you, JT. Vince Sapienza, another one of our insiders that we're able to get in. Mateo, thanks for engineering our whole team here. Let me say this again. you got to see this place. I don't say this. I've been known to exaggerate. I've never lied to you. This place is incredible. Come on out to the Shriners Children's Open. If you're local and living in Vegas, come. It's very cheap. You get exercise. You can walk the golf course. It's like Maui out here. It's incredible. And the PGA Tour is here. So you have the best golfers in the world playing here and competing for $1.4 million for the winner. The, the board looks great. The leaderboard looks fantastic. I'm going to have an ice-cold Modelo, thanks to our teammates at Modelo here, and walk around for a little bit. What a day today. It started off with me this morning on Kansas City Radio at 8 a.m. I interviewed the head coach in Henderson at 11 a.m. We were here from the Shriners from noon to 2. That's the day I type alike. Like being busy, like being on the radio. Really want to thank Eric Rodriguez and the entire Lotus Broadcasting team for bringing me out here so we could have a good time. This is a good time. The Hill is pretty cool. Bobby back in studio, as always. Also, they tell me I got to go get my meat. My Meetup Vegas has arrived, man. I got the meat hookup for you. Go to meetupvegas.com and get the burgers, get the steaks, get the chicken that I get. It's all right there, and they deliver it right to you. And that happens delivery day for me. So I got to get the barbecue fired up over the weekend. I'm actually leaving Saturday to go visit my son at ASU. ASU Washington, so I'll be in Tempe on Saturday, back on Sunday, and then Monday we're at the M Resort. Tomorrow I'm off. I'll be at Simon Keith's event, emceeing the Simon Keith traditional golf tournament, which is a great event for us, and we love that. And what a job Simon Keith does. So you'll hear my conversations with him tomorrow, and plus we'll debut Raiders Roundtable on the radio in my spot with Q Myers and also Lincoln Kennedy. Have a great day, everybody. Thanks for joining us from the Shriners Children's Open right here at TPC Summerlin. Please make a donation if you can. You can watch it live right now at Golf Central as they're doing a great job with the television coverage. Have a safe and great day. Sweet.